It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with uh, Dennis and Brady on, uh, what day is today? Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday, a uh, the Monday after boat weekend, so hopefully everyone out there is doing all right. A lot of people in downtown Port Huron this past weekend. Yes, which is a good thing. Yes, there's. it's actually feels like a downtown because a few years ago it was you'd go out on a weekend and there'd be like five people out. Parking-wise, late last week, it was good that we got our stuff done early. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was good that we pre-recorded, but a uh, good weekend, Dennis? Uh, a pretty good weekend. You, you know me. It's never long enough. I could always use right. an extra day, but you don't get that. So. No, I, I actually went to my first concert ever as a attendee this past weekend. So oh, That's right. You've worked security at concerts. Yeah, I, I have worked stage security for concerts, so... I had to pay to get a worse seat this time. <laughs> but yeah, I but, was. But you had fun. Yes, I had a lot of fun. But yes, I was paid to protect, protect in quotes, make sure no one like ran on the stage or smoked a cigarette or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Def Leppard, Journey, uh, Zach Brown Band, and the, whatever the under the openers were for them as well. Okay. So that was cool. Mo- That's a fun mo- fact. Most, most of those bands were popular before Brady was even born. And I knew most of their songs, too. <laughs> well, like everything that Journey plays gets played at sports venues. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they have like five songs. Yep. Anyway. They all get played at, at the games. So I think we did this last summer, but we were talking about this. We're going to have more guests for you coming later this week. We're going to start ramping up into football mode. But before we do that, we're going to talk about just some of the weird stuff because you do 300 games and you just see odd things that you don't expect to see at sporting events or just wacky games. And we didn't think we had a lot. And then we started talking and we're like, oh, yeah, what about this? What about that? What about this? And, yeah, we have – we, had, we saw a lot of weird stuff. I think you had more than I did, but I, I saw more than I wanted to remember. <laughs> yes. Because you're like, I didn't see anything that odd. And then you rattled off three things once we got yeah, going. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that uh, when we come back in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. 
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Port Huron. Brady here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it it comes to local high school apparel head to their store at 901 michigan avenue in marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom their already impressive selection has now doubled i guarantee if you go into tp logos you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's tp logos at 901 michigan avenue in marysville Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. 
getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, And your idea, Brady, so uh, I'll let you open with something weird. I don't know what order we're we're going to go in here. I'm just kind of... Let's just I'm go running, chronologically. I'm just kind of running through it, and I, I actually I, I have a bunch from football. <laughs> yeah, and let's just start with football. It's the first season we do. Uh, Dennis, you saw a game where a team didn't score a touchdown, gave up a touchdown, and won the game. Yeah, uh, it was in week two. Northern had won in week one, 35 to nothing over Marysville, so I knew they had a great defense. We thought that you know, offensively, that, that you know they were going to get a lot done after watching them score thirty-five. Uh, and East Point, we thought, although the year before was really good, a lot of those kids had transferred elsewhere, and they got just destroyed. They played but it was somebody River really Rouge. good. Yeah, yeah, they lost fifty-six one. to nothing to River Rouge, and you go, that doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, but but we just kind of went into that one thinking, okay, North- Northern's got this one. Uh, and at halftime, the Huskies were down six to five after taking a five to nothing lead. They they got a, a safety and a field goal to go up five to nothing, and uh, the the East uh, Detroit scored a touchdown to go up six to five. They went for two and didn't make it because they, they didn't have a kicker. So it went uh, six to five into the second half. The Huskies kicked a field goal. I think it was late third quarter or early fourth to go up eight to six. And that was it. That was all the scoring uh, in the uh, the game. I think East Detroit had a long touchdown, like a seventy yard touchdown yeah, kick called back uh, in the fourth uh, quarter, uh, and then uh, Northern didn't give up anything. They, yeah, and they were just really tough that game. And yeah, eight to six with, with the just, winning team getting two field goals and a safety. What is not your lowest scoring football game ever, but close? Yeah, very very. Very close. At least maybe your closest, your lowest in Port Huron, right? Yeah. And then the, I know I've done a six nothing game. I just can't remember the details because it was thirty years. Probably ago. in Cairo or, yeah. um, well, and then two weeks later, our good friend Matt Shook did the Northern game, and he saw a seven to nothing win. Yeah. So a lower scoring total game. They scored less points than they did against East Point and still won and got a touchdown. Yes. Now, just a week after that 8-6 game, I did a Mooney game on a Saturday, and they played Gross Point Liggett. And what I'd been told about Liggett was they had a transfer from, I believe, De La Salle, yes. quarterback, big, tall kid, and that they were going to throw the ball all over. They are going to put the ball up 50 times. And it was as advertised, um, except for they didn't have a punter. And they went for it on fourth down every single time. 
Now, this wasn't a philosophical choice. Like you, you'll read the stories about the crazy coach. There was one in Arkansas. I think he's um, at the FCS level now, but who did not believe in punting and did not believe in. He'd always onside kick and he'd always punt. This wasn't the case. They just didn't trust anyone to punt. Uh, apparently, be- because they got the ball first and inside their own thirty, they went for it on fourth down. Didn't make it. And it took Mooney two plays to march in and score. Seven nothing. Then they got the ball back. They got stopped inside their twenty-five. Mooney drove down, kicked a short field goal. Ten nothing. They got the ball back. They got stopped inside their thirty-five. Mooney drove down and scored another touchdown to go up seventeen to nothing. Then they got the ball again and got stopped inside their own 40, and Mooney drove in and scored again. So at the end of the first quarter, it was 23 nothing Mooney, and on every single drive, Liggett just handed them the ball, and it didn't matter. Four, fourth and two, fourth and six, fourth and 20, they went for it every single time, and Mooney just kept burying them. Uh, and the final score ended up being 43-8, to uh, eight. Uh, and, and I think all but one of Mooney's drives were inside Liggett's 40-yard line that game. Jeez. Well, early in this, which, by the way, like at some point you have to admit, even if you punt it 15 yards, that's better. Even Just the momentum. Yeah. Like you punt it, it gives your defense at least a chance to breathe, and it doesn't give Mooney that burst of energy. Like, after the first two or three, you have to go. Are because did they, they would kick it deep, right? Yeah. On, okay. On kickoffs, they kick now, the ball. I am very much aware that you know, punt, squib kick. Yeah. But, you know. but punt that kicking field goals and punting are two completely different acts. The only thing they have in common is it touches your foot. But you have a kid that's an athlete that can punt it twenty yards, and at least make Mooney feel the ball or maybe get a bounce or just not give them the momentum or maybe they just never practiced the punt so they if they said punt team they'd go who the hell is the punt team (laughs) well Um, you know I, i get it the first couple of times but after a team has stopped you two or three times in a row and you've given up easy points don't you at least have to try to punt again if they never practice the punt team that literally might not be an option like, if their coach just said, we don't have a punter, we're not worried about the punt team. Yeah, well, they got buried because of it that day. And and I give Mooney full credit there. You can say, oh, well, they handed the game to him. No, Mooney took advantage, and they scored every single time. And they got the stops on fourth down, too. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. They, they made the stops. So, early in the season, I did a game out at MLA City. And it was a game where Richmond turned the ball over, I believe, five times. They had three fumbles, a muff punt, and a pick. And they still won the game. And late in the game, Richmond needed a first down to get the win. And I believe the snap went over the head of the quarterback, and MLA City fell on it. And they had a couple plays to score to have a chance to tie the game, and they couldn't. So you saw a game in Week 2 that, a team only scored eight points and not, didn't score a touchdown in one. And I saw a team that turned the ball over five times, and I think they maybe forced one or two, so they're like minus three in the turnover department and still won. Yeah. Uh, I'm only throwing this one in here. It's not a unique game, but it, the fact of the matter was is that Croslex ran 
four offensive plays into the game, they had three touchdowns. Yeah. And that was the, they ended up beating Richmond 56 to nothing in a game that initially, like, we were really excited in July when we sat down to do this. We're like, we circled well, that was, one. Especially after we the thought, start Richmond had. Yeah, we thought this is going to be the game in, in the – not knowing that Armado was going to be good, not knowing what anybody else had. We, we just went, oh, Crosslex Richmond, we're doing this game. And I went out to it, and uh, it took Crosslex two plays to score on their first drive. Then they got a stop. It took them one play to score on their second drive. Then they got a stop, and it took them one play to score on their third drive. And so they had run four plays from scrimmage. Literally, we were less than five minutes into the game, and they had three touchdowns. You don't see that. I mean, that's pretty unique. Yeah, that was like the – I don't want to say the peak because it wasn't, but the – we're here. This is what we can do. This is us at the height of our powers moment in football. Later in the season, uh, well, oh, I just saw this one. Uh, St. Clair at Tower when they whomped them, and the Tower people tried to make me go in the away stands to do it because <laughs> their messaging system apparently didn't work. That one annoyed me. But uh, later in the season, obviously, when we had the Mud Bowl, it yep. got crazy. Croslex, we talked about Croslex's high-powered offense. They did not complete a pass and won the BWAC, beating Armada 30-14. to 14. I think they ran the same inside run play legitimately 40 times. By the end of the game, the field was so muddy, I was sitting outside in the downpouring rain, and all I had was a, what, a two-foot overhang protecting me. And I could not read the numbers. I was just guessing Belly Grappy was running the ball. Uh, and the thing about that was not only did Armada lose that game, but they lost home playoff games because the field was unplayable. And the, remember, they had to go to Oxford yeah. to play p- home playoff games. And I think they, they played one or they played the week nine at Richmond because they were supposed to play Flint Southwestern at home. And then they went to Oxford to play the next one. And that was the most messed up I've ever seen a field. Like, Croslex, the team that's run and gun, air raid, throw it out, and they literally, Jake Townsend did not complete a pass. And they won that game. Yeah. And speaking of mud bowls, the first week of the playoffs, game two between Port Huron Northern and Port Huron High. Northern won it 13 to nothing. Basically, from the 15 yard line to the 15 yard line, there was no grass left on the field. When it was done, it was just a big, muddy lake. Northern had prepared for it, and their offense was they, they put a linebacker, Falco, in the backfield with three other big guys. Uh, I think uh, I uh, think only the fullback was a guy who had actually lined up in the backfield for a snap during I the season. I think the best way to describe it is like the wildcat, but the I don't even want to say the wing T, like – it was like the oh, it was a tight wildcat, like a short yardage wildcat. Like instead of a receiver, you just put a bruisers back yeah, there. Yeah, and, and they just kept snap snapping the ball to, to Falco, and he just kept running straight ahead. And sometimes PH would tackle him, sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, and uh, Northern ended up grinding out a 13 to nothing win. Neither team even bothered with throwing the ball. There were probably maybe three passes attempted in the whole game. Uh, I, I, th- I think Dylan Bloink's stats for the game 
was like one out of two for minus nine yards or something <laughs> like that. Um, it, it was just uh, it, it it was an absolute mud bowl. Yeah, and the other thing that resulted from that is during the playoffs, Croslex was practicing at the SC4 soccer facility in Marysville. Like, imagine that. You have to drive 30 minutes just to go to practice. Yeah, because uh, their field was messed up for a From the Notre time. Dame prep yeah. game, which was what, like 6 nothing. Yep. And those were two, and I had seen Notre Dame prep the week before, and they had some dudes. And, yeah, Nor- Croslex, a team that had to – that had a lot of offense really had to grind out some games at the end of the year but for doing what 25 football games i think we mentioned 10 of them well, and, and you didn't even mention the the over the no look pass that we talked about yeah, in the greatest well, I game was, i was just going to going to going to say that uh, Lutheran Northwest Cardinal Mooney game that fourth quarter is the single strangest quarter of football i've ever seen mooney ran two plays from scrimmage in the fourth quarter. The first one was from the Lutheran Northwest five-yard line, and a kid picked it off at the goal line and returned it 100 yards for a touchdown. They kicked off to Mooney into the end zone. Mooney started at the 20. They handed the ball to Hazen later. He went 80 yards up the middle for a Mooney touchdown. We were 14 seconds, I think, into – no, 30 seconds into the fourth quarter. Mooney had run two plays – given up a touchdown, and scored a touchdown. And then Rochester Luther Northwest started, I believe, from their 25-yard line, an 11-and-a-half-minute drive that ate up the rest of the fourth quarter, inched its way down the field, and ended with uh, an 11-yard over-the-shoulder touchdown pass into the end zone as time ran out. And they stole the game 13-12. to 12. It was like the uh, L.J. Scott Michigan State Big Ten Championship drive on steroids. It, it was just, it, it, uh, I mean, it was literally, they were getting four yards, then losing two, then getting six, then losing three, then getting a yard, then getting two yards, then losing five. Then it, it was that kind of a drive where it's like we're halfway through the fourth and they're only out to midfield. Because Mooney's probably thinking, even if they score, we'll get another touch. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm looking at it going on. This is a long drive, but they're not, they're not going. They've, they've gained like 22 yards and taken seven minutes off the, the clock. They're, they're killing the game for themselves. And somehow they pulled that off. Somehow they, they, they pulled that off. They scrambled up to the, the clock was running out. They got the snap off, which is a couple of seconds to go. And the, the kid was running around for his life. And I think the Mooney defenders kind of got sucked into watching the quarterback. And they yep. all moved forward. And he just threw it up there. And there was one kid standing. That's the other weird thing about it. The kid wasn't on the roster. The kid that caught the <laughs> game-winning right. touchdown <laughs> pass with no time left on the clock is a kid who wasn't on the roster. Yeah. And it's a playoff game. Like, I understand, like, week one or two, the small schools, you get new guys, but it's a playoff game. You have your roster. <laughs> God, that, yeah, that would have drove me insane. I guess the only other, the last thing to talk about in football, uh, Cross Lex getting stopped on 12 straight goal-to-go plays against St. <laughs> Clair. You're not going to see that ever again. No, that's, like, and they still won the game. Yeah. 
comfortably. The, the, yeah, they won by a couple of, of it was touchdowns, twenty to eight, and they were ahead the whole time by a couple of touchdowns. But it was unbelievable. In fact, I think at one point they were up twenty to nothing, weren't they? Yeah, and yeah. St. Clair only scored their last touchdown late, but it was like zero. Was I think it was zero zero or six nothing going into halftime, and somehow. St. Clair held them. They turned it over on downs inside their own 10 three straight times and still ended up winning that game. But the rest of the playoffs, I think, were fairly, uh, fairly, I guess, normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't you don't see a team score two points in a football game very often, and that no. happened to Northern in their last game. You also had a seven-person crew kick you out of a press box <laughs> in, in Flint. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that that didn't have anything to do with the game, and and they weren't. I knew I wasn't in the press box. Right, I had been told before. I was just looking for the AD to see where I was supposed to go, and the the guy who thought he was a big deal because they were doing TV or something, and he goes, oh, you're not in here. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not, and I'm also not talking to you. <laughs> so. Hey, I don't care. I've been doing it for a thousand yeah. years. What am I going to do? Fire myself? Yeah. Think, if somebody calls to complain, I'm going to fire myself. <laughs> yep. You the, should have said, "Here, here's my manager's number." The 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 guy was he was a younger guy and he was a little full of himself. And I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm not here to interfere with your seven person crew because you need seven people." I'm here by myself doing a football game, and my broadcast probably sounded better. Probably. So anyway, anyway well, uh, we'll get into winter sports and other stuff because I feel like football we had a lot. Basketball, maybe not as much. Um, and I was just—I was trying to go through and think what I saw in hockey that was crazy this year. You did see a kid, the kid from Anchor Bay steal a game. Yeah, but I mean that's that, not that, like that's, that's crazy. Just, no. That's something that happened. But uh, I did see Northern score a goal from center ice in a playoff game. But it, they ended up not winning the oh, game. So that I saw something away. in hockey, one of the few I did. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. 
Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey and uh, Brady uh, Beaton talking about weird things, and I just saw something, and I wish I had my book. Yeah, I, I started to put my books into, like, storage for safekeeping for years down the road, so I can get yelled at for having too many books at some point in storage. <laughs> uh, do you want to start with hockey, since I think we'll have the least amount of stuff in hockey? Well, the the you had uh, one... The, the, I have uh, one. I was just going back through this uh, a northern game with Canton. It was on a Saturday. It was late in the season, um, and it was uh, the the early an early game on on a Saturday, and nothing was going on. Like the first half of the game, nothing happened. The score was like one to nothing Canton, and not much was happening. And then with like three and a half minutes to go in the second period, it just erupted, and there were like five goals scored in the last three and a half minutes of the second, and it suddenly became this really intense, up-and-down, exciting game. Uh, and I know at the end, Northern had to pull the goalie and score in the final minute to tie the game, and then they ended up losing in overtime on a really funky-looking goal off to the side of the net. And it ended up like this one nothing, nothing going on. I'm bored to death. I wish I were home still sleeping into this <laughs> 6-5 to five barn burner that I was sorry it was over. Yeah. Uh, I had a Northern Hockey 1-2. And this is one of the things that like when you get non-hockey fans, they'll always ask you about this on a delayed penalty. They'll go, oh, why is the goalie pull? It's like, well, because the other team can't score. Because if they touch the puck, it's, the, the play's dead. Well, Northern scored a goal against Cranbrook in that exact situation. Kid from Cranbrook passed it back, missed it, and it went right into the net. And I think that was the only goal Northern <laughs> scored that night. And it was one of those situations you went, uh, oh, no Northern just scored. And, yeah, they struggled that night. That was in their, like, downswing in the middle of the season. But, yeah, I saw a goal scored on a delayed penalty. And I, I, the penalty still went up. But I think if you score on yourself, you should lose the right to that penalty. <laughs> if you score on yourself on a delayed penalty, you don't you deserve take, a power you play. Take their power play yes. Wow, that's that's kind of cool. You you don't deserve it because you just scored on yourself. Um. Yeah. Well, speaking of scoring on your, yourself, we talked about it with uh, Coach Jamison on the last uh, podcast yeah. that uh, the Huskies scored a basket on themselves this year. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. He says they it won was the game. Though. They said it. He said it was very slightly tipped. Well, I mean, he's got to protect his guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was but, there. It looked like he was throwing a back pass and he shot it into his own. Home. It happens. It's not like. Yeah. Um, you'll I mean, he see... wasn't doing it on purpose. No. No. You see it. Um. Sometimes with. Uh, lower levels, like you'll see it very rarely at a freshman or a JV where kids just like right after halftime get confused and turned around on a loose ball and they'll try to shoot a layup on their own hoop. But it, it wasn't anything like that. No. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, there, there are actually quite a few for basketball now too that I'm kind of going through this. Um, it was a wonderful thing. But it was certainly a unique, surreal thing. I don't think I'll ever see it again. Uh, Jamison scoring 59 points in a game. And right. Brady, he could have scored 70. I know. I know. And, and it was just it was the, the fact that one three-point shot is all he took. Nowadays, when kids put up the big numbers, it's because 
Oh, he went bonkers and knocked well, yeah, down I think 15 when threes. Sage Slanik hit, well, when he had like 30-some, I think he hit five threes or something, which made up about half his points. Yeah. And how many free throws did he have, if you can remember? He made uh, 20. He was like 20 out of 25 shooting free throws. So he was getting hacked when he was going. So that's usually the other way is you get to the line. And, well, you know that if you don't hack him, he's just going to But that means make he, the made, layup. he made 18 sh- Basically, 18 shots going to the basket. Because you know right. how he scores. He, he gets to the basket, uh, and he scores in the paint, and he had at least three dunks in, in that game. So he scored just 36 points just getting to the basket. I know, and I love when I, you'll hear one person go, ah, he's just got one move. It's like, okay, then stop that move, <laughs> and then you'll see the second one. He's got more than one move, but yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that was just and, – and as it's happening and, and, and doing the game and going, you know, you're in the, the, the second, early second quarter, like a couple minutes into the second quarter, and it's and Jamison with the bucket. He's got 20 of the Northern's 22. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the world? But you're a little desensitized to it because of what he had done the past week or two. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, yeah, he's got, he's got 20. Okay. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's he's a got, lot. He's got 20, and there's that, like that, six minutes to go in the first half. There's a, that's a career high for most people. Yeah. Um, and then I had the creme de la creme of weird games, the Mooney Cranbrook game. It was on our top <laughs> games list, so I'm not going to go into it in full detail, go back on the archive and, and listen to that. Um, I think it was tied for 10th, but that was a game where had a half-court shot made. You had a kid whose name was Evan Evans the <laughs> third, who was like the second or third player off the Cranbrook bench. I think he hit seven threes and had like 27 points. That was a game where the clock had stopped wrong twice. They had to reset it. They completely botched it. I saw a charge get called, not like, on the perimeter or like with the push off. No, like a layup going up for a layup. Cadavera tried to take a charge for Mooney. He didn't get knocked to the ground and they called the charge. Um, what else? I know there was more that happened in that game. Um, they were going to give Cranbrook the ball back after they had messed up their .4 second alley-oop. It went like over the head of everyone, and they started to give Cranbrook the ball back, and then Mike McAndrews is at the middle of the court going, <laughs> that's not an outcome that can happen. Yeah. And then the refs just got, I think we're done, and said, screw it, he touched it, game over. It, it, it is an outcome that, that can happen because we've, we've, we've seen it happen years ago. But you and I did a game for the radio. And they oh, gave the ball to the wrong team. and it nearly it did start a riot. That was that had to have been one of the. It wasn't the first one, but within the first ten games I ever did with you when I was still in college. Um, yeah, it was what twenty. It's the only time I've had a color commentator climb out of the booth while the okay. podcast was still going on. <laughs> okay, it's a true story. Let's let's give the context in. <laughs> this was a long time ago. This was before was his name again. Cama. Sean Camma. Sean Camma. Which I tried to look him up. Kid from Sterling Heights. Um, this was 20, let me think. I graduated, this would have been 2017. Because that's when Marysville had Hinckley and Kiger and, and that group were seniors. Um, wasn't Sterling Heights like undefeated or they were like 13-1 and one coming into the game or something? Yeah. And it was for the first place in the Max Silver or Gold, whatever they were in. And, and I had, through Brady, had told Kiger he couldn't dunk. And he dunked like five games in a row. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, he was including like, that one. He was like, I've never seen a kid from Marysville dunk, and yeah. Um, so the game's going on, and it's back and forth. It's it's a heavyweight matchup. It's one of the big games you'd see. It was similar to the one Crosslex Richmond game, like that kind of a feel to it. And at one point in it was what the fourth quarter. I think Marysville's up by one. They just got a basket or something. Sterling Heights inbounds. And their coach was, I don't know if he's still there. I have no idea. He was very um, animated and boisterous. Uh, Like, he wore his emotions on his sleeve from the tip to the last buzzard. So um, they inbound it, and they call a timeout. And we're just talking, and out of the timeout, they go – Hand the ball to a kid from Marysville, and he inbounds it, and they start to cross half court. And I think I said to you, I go, Dennis, Sterling Heights called the timeout. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. Ball. Sterling Heights crossed half court to get the timeout in yeah. the front court, and then they gave it to Marysville, and they started going the other way. And I was like, I think they gave the ball to the wrong team. And you're like, what? And you're like, yeah, Sterling Heights called the timeout, and we figured it out. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marysville's running like uh, a slow-down offense. Their coach is, Dennis, correct me if I'm hyperbole, screaming. Like, he was out on the court. He was pointing back at us. Yes. We were down at the end by their bench, and he could hear us going, hey, the wrong team's got the ball. here." And I think Marysville scored a bucket off of it, too. Yeah, after like two minutes of running their offense. But, he but it, was, it, it made a difference in the game. Because the game ended up going to overtime, and without that bucket, Sterling Heights wins in regulation. And I, I don't remember if they, it was something, but he was screaming at the officials, pointing at us, going, "They know, they're saying you." And, and, and like they're looking, at, he's looking at me like we can do something. I'm just like, okay. And the kid from Sterling Heights is hitting threes, Dennis legitimately 10 feet beyond the three point line. He kept going further back, like he would take a step across mid court. And he'd fire them up like he expected to make them, and that night they were going in. And he hit, like, what, a buzzer beater to send it to overtime? Yeah. And his heels, I swear, were on the circle at half court. Yeah, he, he was just chucking up bombs from everywhere. Okay, and then after the game, this is what Dennis was referencing. So it was, what, a double overtime win for double Marysville. overtime win for Marysville. And there is, during the handshake line, someone said something. People started pushing and shoving. So, and it got, and it like, I don't, it wasn't a brawl by any means, but it was, it, there were, people were pushing. They, yeah, it was, people it got were waved. involved with people who shouldn't be involved yes. with people. The, and I'm thinking, in my head, I'm going, okay, who should be in the middle of this? A 48-year-old dad who, you know, shouldn't be on the court? Uh administrator or teacher who's in their 40s or should the 20 year old get in there and try to keep the peace so from the booth and the far because where we are now we're on the the one end where the teams come out we're on the other end yeah we're on the Marysville yeah. side now yeah i jumped down and the other side bleachers weren't out climbed down the bleachers and just tried to play peacekeeper while the broadcast was still That's going on remembers it I was playing peacekeeper because I'm like, I don't need some dad getting into a fight with an 18-year-old. So, yes, that is one of my first broadcasts is when I tried to uh, well, when I tried to get in the middle of a brawl after a game 
while the game was on the air. I merely said there's some chaos going on, and we'll sort it all out and be back in a moment. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those times where it's like you don't think you just act. And I acted. And I chalk it up to uh, youth and exuberance. The exuberance of youth. is that That's the line. Yes. Um, <laughs> do, <clears throat> do you want to get into baseball and softball well, right I just, now? Uh, there, were, there were a couple more basketball ones. Obviously, um, we did two games at the Fieldhouse that I really remember uh, around Christmas time. The Peck comeback against Merritt. Peck coming back from the dead. Yes. In the, in the, uh, the fourth quarter. They 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 were down like nineteen and ended up winning by four. I, th- I think Merritt didn't make a basket in the fourth quarter. Nope. The only points came at the free throw line, uh, and Peck started shooting three pointers like there was nothing to it. Uh, and uh, I did the girls' game where Lake Fenton showed up with six kids, seven I think. Yeah, maybe I thought they had two seven. on the bench. Maybe yeah, I think they had two on the bench, and they won eighty-one to eighteen. And it, and it was just like, it was just uh, against a team that is, you know, not a bad team. Yeah. The St. Clair girls are not a bad team. And Lake Fenton was just stupid. The, the seven girls there were like the best seven girls in the history of their program or something. Just showed up that day and played. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was dumb. I also had a, a game that, that it, it was not a good game. Marine City came out, flexed their muscle in the first half, dominated on a Monday night at Algonac. It was like, oh, this game's happening because of a snow out, and we're not doing and anything. And Mondays are light. Uh, I'll, I'll go down to Algonac and do the game. And I think the, the score at halftime was like 38 to 15, and the final score was 44 to 20. <laughs> so it was like 6 to 5 in the second half. I believe one point was scored in the third quarter. It was something. Like that. That was the one you wanted your book for to double check. Yeah, uh, but but I, I think the third quarter score was one nothing, Marine City. Do you have any other basketball ones before? No, I think those were the because uh, those were the only ones. I had two games this year: a basketball game and a baseball game. Where after the game, the winning coach apologized <laughs> for the game. The one basketball was Port here on Marysville, and you can go back and listen. It was the worst basketball game I've seen. <laughs> it was just a game where the it, they had the carny hoops up. No one could make a shot. It felt like there were more turnovers than points scored, and that was the game Eric Schunk wasn't coaching because he had been ejected from the previous game, and Dennis, you were there for that one. Yeah. And that was that was bogus. Uh, Coach Shunk didn't do anything to earn getting t- teed up or thrown out of uh, a game. He didn't even get out of his seat. I've seen guys storm halfway out out of the court. Mike McAndrews. S- screaming bloody murder, not even get teed up. Not even get teed up. I saw a knife fight between Northern and Lance Cruz North in the playoffs. I mean, they might have been out. They might as well have been out there swinging chains at each other. That game was just so vicious, and nothing, nothing gets called. Nobody gets teed up, and and he, he didn't even get out of his chair. He didn't even raise his voice. So if you're gonna tee a guy up and throw him out, let him get his money. And here's worth. the thing: we've seen Eric Shunk 
do that and, yeah. and get his money's worth and not get and teed not up. And not get teed up. And he was much calmer this past year, and he, <laughs> he gets kicked <laughs> out of the game. And then, yeah, the next game, it was just like – no, it, it, I think the final score was like 33-29, to 29, and it was just a game where every point felt like pulling teeth. And then um, the other one was Marysville Northern Baseball. Do you want to talk about that now? Just keep yeah, going. Go yeah. So this game actually all had some importance. To start off the game, I think Northern had four errors in the first inning, Northern, this was in the middle of their winning streak. They're trying to get back into Mac Blue contention after their rough start. And they had beat Marysville earlier in the week. And you're thinking, okay, they're, they're doing well. And Marysville had been struggling, and Northern just couldn't catch a ball to start. I want to say it was 4 or 5 nothing. Um looking for All right, here it is. So the first inning it's 1 nothing. And Marysville scored a run on two errors and the inning ended on a 1-3-6-2 double play. So that's a good precursor. In the bottom of the second, Marysville scored five runs and there was at least two more errors there. So it's 6 nothing. Northern comes back to tie it. On a, on a ton of Marysville errors, I think when I counted them all up, I had 18 errors between the two teams. The game took I, – Dennis, I broadcasted the game for, I think, three hours and 22 minutes. A high school baseball game, it did go to extras, and Northern scored five runs in the extras. In fact, Northern scored runs in each of the last five innings, and Marysville scored two in the bottom of the eighth – but it was just one of those games where any time a ball was hit, and these are two teams that have a lot of college players on them, you felt like you were holding your breath like it was literally going, make the play, make the play, make the play. <laughs> because any way, and, and of those 18 errors, I think there were two or three pop-ups on the infield that three guys watched it land in between them. <laughs> I think in that there might have been a at-bat in that game where two Errors were made in the same at bat. Two pop ups and foul grounds hit the glove and popped out. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that uh, that certain things bother Brady, and he doesn't let them go for a long time. And this particular game festered on him for three or four weeks. Oh, th- yeah. It was just it just <laughs> because you look at Marysville's roster, you look at Northern's roster. The one thing Marysville did well all year was they could field the ball. Yeah. They could pitch pretty well. It was their bats that hurt them. You look at Northern's roster. There's a lot of guys you'd love to have on any ball team. And they lost their minds for a day and just couldn't figure it out. And I I think I talked to Coach Manis after, and he's just like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. And it ended up. Because they came back and won that game, they had the tiebreaker with Lance Cruz because they were able to come back. Which in and of itself was a weird... Yeah, they had to schedule it four or five different times, and I think they played it as like a a one-and-a-half header down at Kite Monroe, and Northern was supposed to have them, but um said because gas was so expensive, they wouldn't come up to Northern for half a game, and it was was a gong show to say the least. Yeah, they ended up playing under the lights after... 
Uh, Mooney played them. Yeah, after Mooney, yeah, after Mooney had played a game with them, and then Northern drove over and, and played them under. Yeah, the lights. they basically the said, game. "You are not <laughs> umpires. <laughs> you are not leaving this field." All right, we'll talk more about uh, that and more about the the spring odd happenings uh, in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires 
and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Mary's or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. So, oddity. uh, To me, this is an oddity. Because, again, I don't know where I'm going to see this ever again. So, early in the season, Liggett and Richmond played a baseball doubleheader. And Liggett's starting lineup, they're nine players. Yeah. Seven of their nine committed to college. They had five kids committed to the University of Michigan. One to Michigan State and one to Texas. And the two kids in the lineup that didn't have a commitment, one was an Illich, uh, and the other kid was a Randazzo, Connected to the the people that sell groceries. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. They were the kids that started the game. It yeah. wasn't any. They didn't do anything special. None of, none of well, the commits and, did anything special. It was the two kids who weren't committed well, that were the, the stars of the game. The uncommitted kids were also like what freshmen and sophomores yes. too. So it's not they didn't suck. So they, they will just, be committed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jeez. Which, by the way, quick side note. Um, so the MLB draft's always been weird. I'm, I'm sure you, you weren't really paying attention, but Brock Porter wasn't taken in the first round, even though everything says he's going to be a top 10 talent. Like MLB had him ranked as the number one high school pitcher, the number 11 overall. I know it's part of how it does it, but it seems dumb that people take worse players higher because they have a better chance of signing them or things like that. Yeah. And now two, well, Two rounds plus the compensatory competitive balance rounds go by, and the number one high school arm still on the mound. Why can't it just be like hockey where you draft a guy, you have his rights? So if Brock Porter goes to Clemson, okay, cool, go to Clemson. We'll see you in two years or four years. Yeah. That just ba- baseball does do it uh, differently and. Guys, what uh, one of the Seddons was drafted twice, right? Yeah, Joel Seddon was drafted out of high school by, I think, the Blue Jays, Blue Jays? and then he was drafted by the A's out he of just, college. Yeah, he decided to go to college instead, so the Blue Jay thing went away. Yeah. Um, the, well, the there, was a, you, there was a guy drafted for the third time. Um, well, and the other thing at the top, Kumar Rocker. Um, he's from, he was from Vanderbilt. He was drafted 10th overall last year. 
He had some thing with his shoulder or elbow, his medicals. They didn't like it, so they didn't sign him. He went and played independent ball, and he was drafted third overall this year. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to assume it's the same in the NHL because at one time you had a certain amount of time to sign your picks, and if you didn't, they went back into the draft. Like if you went a year and didn't sign the guy, he went back into the next draft. Yeah, but it's not like because you have slot value and stuff yeah. like that. Like you never hear about NHL top NHL prospects. Never. It was just something um, tangently related because you talked about all those top guys. But like you have the Gatorade Player of the Year, and someone's going to take him in the third round and try to pay more money. It just. I know baseball always does its own thing, but it just seems dumb. Well, you're, 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 they're, they're the only ones, too, that hold their draft in the middle of their season. Right. <laughs> that, like, Which always seems weird to me. Everybody else holds their draft in the after off-season. their season. Yeah, when yeah. their season is done. Because, like, they will, like, remember when Casey... They don't wait long, either. No. Like, the NFL probably waits the longest. Well, yeah. In, in terms it's, of, like, the Super Bowl. It's ends. in February to, what, April? yeah. But whereas, like hockey and basketball, it's it's just a couple of weeks after the season is over, they hold their draft. Right. Well, because every other team besides the teams in the finals have been ready, get yeah. time to prepare. But it was just like, I don't know. You have the number one prep arm, and he's going to be signed in the or drafted in the third, fourth round, and you're taking guys because you think you have a better chance. It, it was just weird, and yeah. So I saw some weird things this year through this list and then whatever you want to jump in on or, or add in on. But the, the, first, the first thing is just an overall, I don't think I'll ever see this again, Brady. Okay. In softball this season, yeah. I saw exactly 50 home runs. <laughs> you, this is your favorite stat. Because it's so stupid. It's so stupid. 50 home runs. That's not the weird spot. Every single one of them. All 50. 50 is a lot. Everyone was hit by a right-handed hitter. I didn't see a single left-hand hitter in softball. Alana Deshetsky. Right. It's just one that like jumps screaming into my head. But, and there are others. I didn't see one left-hand hitter hit a home run this season. 50 home runs, all right-handed hitters. I saw three home runs hit in baseball all season. 50 in softball, three in baseball, and two of the three in baseball were hit by right-handed hitters. So I saw 53 home runs, 52 by right-handed hitters. That's a lot. I did not keep track, but I know I saw some lefty home runs. All right. Uh, at Comerica Park, yeah, we did. I saw an ambidextrous pitcher. Yeah, after we saw a home run. Yes, after uh, we, we saw a home run, but Yale uh, played uh, Cedar Rapids or whatever yeah. they were, and uh, and the kid for Cedar Rapids came out and was warming up, and I just, you know, I glanced up. I'm writing down the lineups. You know, we're rushed. It goes from game to game, and, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get commercials in and get my lineups set, and I've, I'd actually, I hadn't seen Yale that year, so I wanted to make sure I had all that right, and it's played like a all-star game anyways. Where both teams, well, yeah, well, every are team does guys it different, like in and out. Like forty guys played in the game, but I just glanced up, and the kid is warming up left-handed. Mm -hmm. I know he is, 
And so I'm like, and Yale will be facing left-hander, whatever his name was. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, he's right-handed. Oh, I'm sorry. I could have sworn he was throwing left-handed. And the other gentleman that was in the booth that we were talking to there, uh, working for Comerica Park and, and that, he's like, hey, yeah, he was throwing left-handed in warm-ups, wasn't he? And we're like, well, he's throwing right-handed now. And then in, like, the third inning, he started throwing left-handed. So th- that was that was really weird. I've heard about it. I know that it has happened. There have been pitchers in the major leagues that have done it. But I had never seen a kid throw with both arms in a game uh, until this year. Had a crazy one late in the season in softball. It was a doubleheader, rainy day. Um, the, the first part about it was Croslex jumped out to a 9 nothing lead oh, on, yeah. on Northern. And in the top of the fifth, it looked like it was going to be a mercy. And in the top of the fifth, Northern rallied for nine runs. Then in the top of the sixth, they scored to take a 10-9 to lead. And as Coach Shagney was walking by where I was broadcasting from on his way back to the dugout, he said, oh, by the way, we're only doing six-inning games today, so we just need to get three outs and we win. And Crosslex ended up walking off and winning the game 11 after blowing a 9 nothing lead. And with three less outs right. to, to, to work with, they ended up winning the game anyways, 11-10, um, to 10, and that was one of the weirdest games of the, uh, the season. Um, then I saw three odd things in the playoffs, um, one of which I hope I never see again. Um, and it's not this first thing that I'm going to mention. Um, St. Clair beat Marine City 12-1, to and in that game, the Saints were mashing. Oh, yeah. They hit four home runs, uh, and after the last home run, the, the uh, there was a pitching change, and the first pitch from the new pitcher went behind the next Saints hitter. Well, a lot of times, like in baseball, you see stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's how the game is policed. It's okay, it's time to stop. And I'm just like, no, that wasn't – no, not – not no. Yeah. I, I know this coach. No. Yeah. And then the next pitch hit the And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> like, I could have been wrong. Could have been wrong. I've uh, been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. The uh, the first batter at Country Day, Country Day, Imlay City, the first semifinal of the regional. The, uh, the, the Spartans' first uh, batter struck out swinging. The catcher dropped the ball, picked it up, airmailed it down the first baseline, and the batter circled the bases and scored. <laughs> An inside-the-park strikeout. Yeah, not you don't see that a lot in not Little League. <laughs> that was the first one that I had seen at, at the high school level, and it was the only run that Emily City scored in a game. It was the only run that the country day pitcher gave up in two games or yeah, two games that day. Wow. Cause she, she threw the, I think it was a one hitter or two hitter against the saints in the next game. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, uh, in the, uh, the, uh, the quarterfinal game, Algonac grass Lake, which was a tr- tremendous game, but the, the reversed grand slam. Yeah. Ended up counting for just two runs instead of all four. Unfortunately, Algonac found a way to come back and, and win the game because the, the, they thought they had taken, after being down 3 nothing. they thought in the fifth inning they'd taken a 4-3 to three lead 
only to find out that they were still down three to two. And you were ready. You were seeing red, and then oh. you, then we got. Uh, I was furious at the time. And then we had more context, which made it yeah less less bad. Which yeah, it, it, it was the, just the, a mistake. The, the the rule that was violated is a legit rule, right? Yeah, you have to circle the bases and and touch them all and touch home plate, and you have to do it in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that did not happen in that particular case. But I I had initially thought. They were taking it away because some players had touched before a player touched yeah. home plate. And that rule, and I will stand by it, that is the stupidest rule that we have in high school sports, and it needs to go away. Yeah, you hate that so much. Uh, it, it's just a dumb rule. Anyway, anything else? Nope. We're going we're gonna to get into some football later this week. Um, hopefully we'll have a couple of good interviews for you. And, yeah, I think we're – Starting to go full bear into football. I was actually looking at some schedules, talk about an oddity. St. Clair plays three games not at East China Stadium, and two of them are at Richmond and at Marysville. Probably the closest stadiums to East China Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else would be closer? Algonac? Maybe. Not by much. Not by, not by much, yeah. So. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get to Richmond. Maybe PH from, from is technically closer to Richmond school is it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah, maybe technically Memorial slightly closer. Maybe. But it's about 20 miles. Yeah. So, that's Round a trip probably. That's that's just something I saw. So, yeah. Um they have one like I will, I'll say one game that the that grandma will, will probably won't go to and that's at Lanfear. Yeah. Somebody uh maybe Deckerville uh, and I'm just going off there because it's about a month ago that I went through all the schedules. Open with like four straight road games. Yeah, it was Deckerville. Which is, that's unique too. You don't see somebody's first home game is their homecoming game because <laughs> it's week five <laughs> right. or six of the season. Uh, anyway, anything else? That's it. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.